our series which we've been plugging at all fall and into the spring of women in the Bible. Now we have not touched all the women in the Bible by long shot and I've randomly picked and chosen women to talk to you about. But I came into my office um, a couple of weeks ago and there on my desk was a Life magazine beautiful cover, a small size, just a eight and a half by 11 size magazine, and it was called Women of the Bible, 25 Enduring Stories. And I want you to know that this product is on the bookshelves in your grocery stores only until the middle of July. Run out and buy one for yourself run out for no other reason but to look at the 25 women that they've chosen, I didn't even choose 25, that they've chosen and the artwork that they've chosen from around the world to depict the stories of these various women. Beautiful scenes of Old Covenant and New Covenant, Jerusalem, beautiful trees and rock monuments and the crossing of the Red Sea and the serpent and everything. So get a copy of it. The women that they chose were Rachel, Leah, Eve, Sarah, Hagar, Rebecca, Sipporah, Miriam, Deborah, Delilah, Ruth, Bathsheba, Jezebel, very queen, vain queen Jezebel, Judith, Esther, Mary, Elizabeth, the Samaritan woman, and that is how they called her by name, Mary and Martha, Salome, Mary Magdalene, Priscilla, and Tabitha. Now that's just 25 of them. And as I wrote that list, just because I was curious about writing it, keeping a list of it in my notes, I realized that I had two people in my family who were named of these 25. My Aunt Ruth, who went home to heaven a few years ago, and my own mother, Esther Hadassah. How many of you know someone whose name is a woman of the Bible? And what do you know about that woman? How many of you have chosen to name a child, uh, a woman, a child, female child, the name of a woman from the Bible? It's a precious heritage, and um, I don't know anybody, I've never met anyone, who named their baby Jezebel or Bathsheba, um, but, but they were women who had amazing encounters with God, Bathsheba particularly. So today I want to just look at Eve and a few of the things about her that make her so extraordinary. We'd be looking in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, and then on to the bottom of the chapter, verses 16 through 20. Um, now the serpent was more than animals the Lord God had made, and he said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? 
And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. Now, you've probably heard that story. You've certainly seen a tree somewhere with a serpent wrapped around it. And you've certainly, if you've been a person who's grown up in the church, you've heard all the jokes about this woman you gave me, as Adam says, when God says, why are you eating this? The woman you gave me told me to eat this. Blame. There are all sorts of wonderful stories and laughable jokes about it. But God did certainly say this, and they did eat. And when they did eat, they became aware of themselves. For the first time, they saw each other as naked. And so they made coverings for themselves. And then the man and the woman heard the sound of God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, which it appears that God did regularly. But this time, they hid among the trees in the garden. And God says to them, Where are you? And they answered, saying, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and so I hid. And he goes on to say, Who told you you were naked, and how did you become naked? And the Discourse continues until God says, cursing them that the woman would have difficulty in childbearing and the man would work and toil the ground for all the days of his life. Now, there was a PBS special about 18 years ago, 15 years ago, called Call the Midwife call the midwife. Well, most of you know what a midwife is. A lot of you have used midwives. and I've been privileged to be in a couple of pregnancy delivery situations where there was a midwife, where there was a baby being delivered in a huge bathtub. Um, it's, It's a marvelous experience to see this child enter through the woman's body tied and connected by this cord. Uh, The birth that I was a part of where the mom was in a huge Roman tub in a private home, and when the baby came out, the baby just floated to the top of the pool, but was... the cord had not yet been cut, and that baby was floating around in this pool, not drowning, not, not looking for breath, because his lifeline was this cord. And of course, when they cut the cord, Everything that happened with the baby um, was very human-like, and of course there was concern about taking water in or drowning literally in the tub. Well, Eve was a woman of firsts. Well, she was the first and only woman. She was a first woman who was without sin, and she was the first on earth to be assailed by Satan. Eve was the first to receive the divine prophecy of the cross, and she was the first to be told that there would be enmity between you and woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and he will strike your heel, Genesis 3 and 15. She was also the first mother, and therefore she was the first woman to live as a mother in this world. So she was the mother, uh, the first woman 
of life, and then she was the first woman who gave life to someone else, to a child, who was born to her. She had two sons. Uh, God created her and man in his own image. He created male and female, and he told them to go out and multiply, to increase in number and fill the earth and subdue the earth. He brought the man then to the living creatures, and the man began to name all of the animals. And when he was full of naming all of the animals, he looked around, and there was no one for him. And God made the woman. From the rib he took of the man, and he brought the woman to her. And he said, This now is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman, for she was taken out of the man. Now, this story is very complicated, and you've heard parts of it all of your life, no doubt. Um, But the essence of her having all of these firsts and uniqueness didn't have any net effect on her. Like, I'm talking to you, and you're thinking, wow, the first. Uh, I'm not the first. I'm not the first or the last. I'm just one woman who had one child. You're one woman who may have had a child, may have many children. But this was the first. And, And so she was the first to experience everything that we experience now. And when we look at her life, We can pause long enough to say, the serpent led Eve into a lie. He he told her that God must not have been the good God because he couldn't possibly have meant that she could not eat from anything and everything. And then if she did eat from this tree, certainly she would not die. And certainly, she probably didn't even know what death was. She was the first, and Adam was the first. So what do you think the serpent was really tempting her with? Was that the sense of, you can't have whatever you want, you could have what God wants, and what God wants for you is best. Does that strike a chord in your heart like it does in my heart? I so often know what's best, or I so often think I know what's best. I so often know what I want, or sometimes I'll even say what I need. And in fact, I I don't know what I want or need, but God does. And God told Adam and Eve not to eat of it or they would be cursed, and they were. And their disobedience resulted in spiritual death. No one died. No one immediately died. They lived for decades. But Eve was deceived, and Adam failed as the leader because he took on what she said to do, and these curses were given to Eve and her daughter. First, that God would multiply her pain in childbearing. And if you have never seen even one of the midwife series, uh, shows of the series, and I think they were on for 10 or 11 years, 6 to 12 episodes every season, it's often centered around a mother 
who is usually in some distress in the poor parts of London right after the war with so little technology, so little uh, cleanliness, so little of, of everything. And the midwife comes and she brings importance to the woman and to what the woman is about to do in giving birth. There are three other references to Eve in the book of Genesis. And um, the first is in Genesis 4, 1 and 2. I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. And then that's all we hear about Eve. That's, That's the end of what happens. She was the first. She was his wife. She bore these children. And between Abel and Seth, and Cain and Abel, and the killing of Cain and Abel, and then we don't hear any more about Eve until we get to the New Testament. Now, Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. This is a very clear plan of life and death and grace and God's redemption. Romans 8, verses 12 through 14. And death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, redemption came into the world through one man, Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but as I was thinking and preparing for this time together, I was thinking, I don't know if I've ever thought about Eve in the light of what would I have done? What part of Eve's story is like my story. When do I know better than everyone? When do I know better than God? God's word is very clear to us. He gives us many things that he's called to do. The things I've asked you to consider teaching your children are the very things that God asks us to do as human beings. When do I say no No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what I want to do. And the serpent certainly looks lovely, and so does this fruit, and it looks tempting, and I'm just going to take it. I know you are just like me. I've done that. I've said yes to things I should have said no to. I've said no to things I should have said yes to. And there is a consequence. There's a consequence for the life that denies what God calls us to and chooses their own way as the clear target. So, modern homemaker, you are an Eve of sort, just like I am an Eve of sort, created by God in his image, given to a man to create children, and children to raise another generation and another generation and another generation. And we were asked, as God asked Eve, that we might submit ourselves to God's ways, not our ways. I think I quoted this the last time we were together, but it is a constant reminder to me what Isaiah tells us in chapter 55, verses 5 and 6. 
My ways are not his ways. My thoughts are not his thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And when I get to thinking my own ways, when I get to feeling sorry for myself, when I get to looking around and feeling, oh my, oh woe is me, I am reminded of Eve, the first, who had an opportunity to live in the garden with Adam and do as God asked, or to go her own way. I'm asking you today to consider, are there some things in your life right now that are just like Eve? You've got a way before you, and it may be a hard way, but you know it's the good way or the right way. Or the other way, which may seem softer, may seem more coddling, may seem more frivolous. But you're certain at the end of it that the price will be higher. I ask you to consider your life in line with Eve's life. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of exercising the role of Eve following God. <laughs>